the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul says that Christians are waiting for the hope of righteousness. We're not working for it. He's talking about the day of glorification when we will become perfect in character. In other words, while we are legally righteous now, and while we have experienced some personal righteousness in this world by being transformed by the Holy Spirit, we've not yet reached perfection. Not at all. Far from it. We're not perfectly righteous because we still struggle with sin. We struggle with lots of sin, and we struggle every day of our lives. The struggle against sin will continue until Christ comes back to earth to take us home. What a joyous hope that is. Then we will be really free from all the struggles we face in this life. My prayer, my friend, is that you are ready to meet Jesus with all the rest of the millions who have put their complete trust in Jesus alone for their salvation. It's a decision only you can make. Then you will be joyfully awaiting the hope of righteousness with all other believers. You are listening to Verse by Verse. Today, our instructor, Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, will be concluding a three-part message on maintaining our freedom in Christ. We're glad that you've joined us today. At the end of the class, I will tell you how you can obtain a CD copy of this message to share with a friend. Here now is Pastor Steve. Let me show you Hebrews chapter 6. This is often a misunderstood passage of Scripture because some interpret this that the writer is telling true believers that they can lose their salvation. That's not it at all. That's not the context of the book. That's not the flow of the book. It's not the heart of the book. This is a warning passage to unbelievers. In its language, some think that he's talking to believers, but this is not the language that's ever used of believers. It's unbelievers. Notice verse 4, for in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit. It does not say the Holy Spirit is indwelling them. They've just partaken of, of a, seeing his power demonstrated. They've tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, meaning they've fallen back into legalism. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. These Jewish people have been, have been enlightened by the Holy Spirit to the point where they did understand that Jesus is the Messiah. They, they didn't debate it. They didn't argue it. They believed it. And they even, according to this passage, tasted by experience the work of the Holy Spirit, not in their own lives, but in the lives of other believers. They also saw miracles. They also saw uh, the powers the power of the Spirit of God demonstrated. But after all of this, the writer says, if you decide to turn away from Christ, meaning salvation by grace, back 
to a religion, your former religion of legalistic Judaism, there's nothing more that the Spirit of God will do for you. He's through with you. He's already enlightened you. He's already convicted you of of sin. He's already shown you who Jesus is. He's already demonstrated his power. If at this point you reject Christ, then God's through dealing with you. You will not be renewed to repentance. It's not that it's not that it's impossible in the sense that the Lord can't do it. It is impossible in the sense that it is a form of judgment. You have rejected so much that this is a form of judgment. Folks, this is precisely what Paul is warning the Galatians about. It is a warning to anyone who understands the true message of salvation by grace, but decides to turn away from it for what they perceive is the safety of works religion. So do not trifle with what you're hearing from Galatians. If God has brought you to Lakeside to hear these messages from Galatians, then act on what you know to be true. Make sure that your trust is in Christ alone for your salvation and not yourself and not any of your works. Otherwise, you run the risk of being severed from Christ forever. Now, there's something else I want you to see from Paul's statement in verse 4. Notice how the apostle describes the action of these Galatians who would be severed from Christ. He speaks of them as those who, and I quote, are seeking to be justified by law. Notice that this is in the present tense. They are seeking, ongoing, which means that they have looked upon justification as an ongoing process, something that they were constantly trying to achieve before they died. That's precisely why salvation by works is slavery. And it's bondage because it is a laborious task that you can never rest from. Since it constantly drives you to always be doing something more to gain God's favor. But biblical justification by by faith is not a process, nor is it enslaving. True justification by faith in Christ takes place the very moment, the instant you place your faith in Jesus alone for your salvation. You are then liberated from your labors of trying to impress God with your righteousness. See, justification literally is the act of God whereby he declares sinners who trust Christ for salvation legally righteous. That's what justification is. It is a declaration by God that Christ's righteousness of obedience to the law has been imputed to us. So you don't have to wait all of your your life hoping to achieve a righteous standing with God before you die, which is what many people try to do. You are declared righteous the moment you turn to Christ. You're liberated them from the bondage of trying to earn your way to heaven. Now, one final thought about Paul's warning in verse 4. We've already noted that to fall from grace means to to fall into the bondage of legalism. But there is another aspect of this fall that highlights the seriousness of what Paul is teaching here and the rejection of Christ for work salvation. Martin Luther, the the well-known German reformer, spoke of the eternal consequences of falling from grace. Here's what he said. For just as someone on a ship is drowned, regardless of the part of the ship from which he falls into the sea, so someone who falls away from grace cannot help perishing. 
The desire to be justified by the law, therefore, is shipwreck. It is exposure to the surest peril of eternal death. What can be more insane and wicked than to want to lose the grace and favor of God and to retain the law of Moses, whose retention makes it necessary for you to accumulate wrath and every other evil for yourself? Now, if those who seek to be justified on the basis of the moral law fall away from grace, where, I ask, will those fall? who in their self-righteousness seek to be justified on the basis of their traditions and vows to the lowest depths of hell. Martin Luther said, where do they fall? They fall into hell and the lowest depths. So take heed to Paul's warnings. These are some of his last warnings in this book. And they are for us. There are eternal consequences to the bondage of work salvation. Now, we said in the big picture of this passage, there are three reasons Paul gives for maintaining our freedom in Christ. We've looked at two of them. Now, we look at the third one, and it's the final one. Why should we maintain our freedom in Christ? Because Christ set us free to be free. Because religious slavery is eternally fatal. It leads to being severed from Christ forever. But now the third reason we should maintain our freedom in Christ is because righteousness is something all believers are waiting for, not something we are working for. Let me say that again. Righteousness is something all believers are waiting for, not something they are working for. Verse 5, for we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Now, having just warned the Galatians about the danger of falling from grace by embracing a works righteousness approach to salvation, by contrast, Paul now tells them that the way that all true believers, including himself, how they live, it's different than unbelievers. Notice at the beginning of verse 5, Paul changes the pronoun from you to we, which means that he considers himself a part of the people that he's now writing about. So in contrast to unbelievers who fall away from grace because they insist on doing something to try to achieve their own righteousness before God, Paul says that all true believers, including himself, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Now, what does he mean by this? Well, first of all, notice the last phrase of this verse, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Instead of working for righteousness, as unbelievers do, Paul says that Christians are waiting for the hope of righteousness. We're not working for it. What he means by this is that since we already possess Christ's imputed righteousness of justification, we are now waiting for the day when God will make us, watch this, perfectly sanctified and righteous when we are glorified in his presence. It's the same thing that Paul spoke of in Romans 8. Whom he chose, he also justified. We justified, he also glorified. He's talking about the day of glorification, when we will become perfect in character. In other words, while we are legally righteous now, and while we have experienced some personal righteousness in this world by being transformed by the Holy Spirit, We've not yet reached perfection, not at all, far from it. We're not perfectly righteous because we still struggle with sin. We struggle with lots of sin. We struggle every day of our lives. 
But there is coming a day, praise God, when the Lord will take us home to heaven. And on that day, we will become perfectly righteous. No more struggling with sin. No more battles of the flesh. That's the day Paul says all true believers are waiting for. Romans chapter 8. Let me, let me show you this. This is a precious passage. It, it sounds a little complicated. I'm going to read it and then just give you the essence of it. Starting at verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, meaning we believers, having uh, the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Now, essentially, what Paul is saying in these verses is that along with creation, we groan in these fleshly, sinful bodies until that final aspect of salvation takes place when we are glorified and made perfect in character. We will never be Christ. That would be, that would be blasphemy to say that, but we will be like him in terms of character. That's what the Bible teaches. 1 John 3 says, when we see him, we'll be like him. Philippians chapter 3, at the end of Philippians, we read that we'll be transformed from this body of, of low estate to his glorious image. Folks, this righteousness is something that we long for. Every believer longs for that. We, we, are, we are so annoyed and hateful of our sin. We can't stand it. We long for this righteousness. We look forward to it. And presently, we are waiting for it. See, unlike unbelievers who are in bondage to all kinds of religious rules and traditions, they, they think that they will and they can achieve righteousness. But we're not like it. We're not trying to attain anything. We're not working for it. We're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. Now, how do we know that there's a day coming when this will be a reality? How do we know that this will happen? How do we actually know that we are not waiting in vain for God to make us righteous? That's not just wishful thinking. Well, Paul tells us in this very verse how we can know that the day will come when we will be made righteous, that it's a, it's a done deal. Notice that in the earlier part of verse 5, he says that we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. We know that, that we can trust the Lord to make us perfectly righteous in the future. We know he's going to do that because the Holy Spirit presently indwells us, and he is producing right now some measure of righteousness in us. In other words, if the Spirit of God, and that's the Spirit he's talking about, not our own Spirit, but the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is producing the fruit of righteousness in us today, now, then by faith, we know that in the future, he will make us completely righteous. Earlier, as Joel was leading us in worship, he mentioned 
the verses in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so forth. That's the fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in us right now. Now, it's not perfect fruit, but there's some fruit. This is the righteousness that, that God the Spirit is cultivating and producing in us during this lifetime. But listen, it is only a pledge, only a down payment of more righteousness to come. Why do I say that? Because that's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1. If you turn over one page in your Bibles to Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 say this, in him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. The moment you believe, God sealed you. That's another reason we know we can never lose our salvation. You're sealed. But notice this. Still speaking of the Spirit in verse 14, who is given, that is the Holy Spirit is given, as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. The word pledge means a down payment. The Holy Spirit is the down payment that God will someday completely transform us into righteous people who no longer struggle with their sin. How do you know that? Because you've been changed now. He will ultimately change you. Now think about what Paul's statement concerning this righteousness, think of what it would have and should have meant to the Galatians who were still still considering the bondage to the law. And think about what this truth means to every person today who is in bondage to working their way to heaven. Here's what Paul is saying. Here's the impact of this verse. It says this, why are you still enslaved to becoming righteous by your own efforts? Not only is this impossible and futile, but there is a divine way to become really righteous, not fake righteous, not futile, impossible attempts at being righteous. And it is by placing your faith in Christ as your one and only Savior. If you do that, then God will not only impute righteousness to you right now, but he will, in the future, make you completely righteous in character and experience. See, Paul is still trying to persuade these Galatians to maintain their freedom in Christ. That's the whole point. Not to choose legalism for their salvation. He wants them to affirm that their faith is in Christ, solidly in Christ, that Christ is the object of their faith and him alone and not circumcision as the Judaizers taught them. And so he closes this passage by making one more statement about the issue of circumcision as opposed to justification by faith alone. Verse 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Now these are fascinating words from Paul because it sounds as if he's telling the Galatians that it really doesn't matter at all whether they are circumcised or uncircumcised. But remember, Paul's just made some very strong statements that actually sound, at first glance, contrary to this. He's trying to persuade them not to get circumcised, so how can he now tell them that circumcision really doesn't mean anything when he's just told them that it really does matter? What's he saying here? Well, look at this verse again and notice exactly what Paul is saying and not what we might assume he's saying. Verse 6 again, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. 
Notice that Paul is not telling the Galatians that circumcision or uncircumcision doesn't matter because it obviously does matter if someone is circumcised thinking that this will contribute to their salvation. I mean, that's, that's what he's been teaching. What he is saying is this. He's saying that in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter. In Christ Jesus, meaning in the life of someone who knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter whether that person is circumcised or not circumcised because that is irrelevant. Irrelevant as far as salvation is concerned. It doesn't matter. In other words, whether or not a man has this surgical procedure has no bearing on his salvation. The only thing Paul says that is important and What's necessary for salvation is faith. Faith. Notice, though, the kind of faith that Paul says justifies someone. It is faith that works through love. In other words, true saving faith always, if it's real, expresses itself in works of love to God, which comes through in obedience to his word, and to others, which comes through in serving them. Now, Paul is going to expound and develop this thought about faith that justifies us and love and holiness, faith that always expresses itself in love and holiness. He's going he's to develop that, so we'll leave that for another time. But the issue that faces all of us today, the question is this, whether or not we have been justified by faith in Christ alone, is Jesus Christ the object of your faith for your salvation? Not Christ and i got to do something else to make sure. It's Christ alone or it's not Christ at all. That's what Scripture teaches. Paul says that true believers are free from trying to earn salvation. They've been set free. They're not laboring for this anymore. They're simply waiting for that glorious day when God will make us completely righteous. Having already experienced some taste of transformed character right now, we long for more. We long for more. That's not, though, the case with unbelievers. If you are still enslaved to some form of religion, then I exhort you, break free. Break free today by turning to Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you still have any desire, any inkling to do this, then it is not too late for you. You have not apostatized. So don't delay. Come to Christ today bow for prayer. Father, thank you for strong warnings through Paul. Thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to warn us about the eternal dangers of hearing these messages and yet not acting upon them. Lord, we thank you that you are sufficient for our salvation. In Christ alone, we stand. Lord, I do pray that you will help each of us as your people, as believers, to long for the day when righteousness will be our experience. Lord, we do groan for that day. We hate our sin. We love our sin as well, but we also hate it. I pray that uh, you put it within our hearts to, to groan even more as we long to be with you. But for those, Lord, still trapped in the bondage and chains of trying to gain favor with you, I pray that you will move in their hearts, that they will turn away from their sin, from religion, from self-righteousness to Christ. 
and know the glorious freedom that comes in being emancipated from the bondage of religion. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes Pastor Steve's three-part message on maintaining our freedom in Christ. You can listen again to this study by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and clicking on the Message Archive tab and today's date. Or you can order a CD copy of all three parts of this message by calling us at 727-239-0306. Please remember that Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel. Your prayers and financial gifts make it possible to continue bringing you these studies. We depend on interested folks like you who have first been faithful to their own local church. You can give online by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and clicking on the Giving tab. Our phone number for any questions you may have about the program or to order a CD of today's message is 727-239-0306. Thanks for listening today. On our next Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve will be addressing the topic of the negative effects of false teachers taken from Galatians chapter 5. Be sure to join us. I'm your announcer, Ken Anderson. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.